You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Thank you again for all the feedback that I've been getting about She's Got Drive. I so appreciate you for giving me that feedback and for everyone who's listening in. And at the end of this episode, I would love you forever if you would rate and review the She's Got Drive podcast on iTunes. So important for ensuring that it continues to grow and get out there. And in this episode of She's Got Drive, we're having a workshop session on pie. This is one of my intentions for She's Got Drive. In addition to women sharing their stories with us, I'll be bringing various sessions on different subjects and having been a leadership facilitator and a coach for many, many years. I have a wealth of, um, obviously, information, tools, models, etc. that I use. But also I have a wealth of consultants and coaches who are my friends and as well as my colleagues who are experts in their fields as well and the opportunity to bring them to the podcast so we can do a deeper dive on some subjects and this time it's going to be pie. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of She's Got Drive. This is a follow-on episode from episode four where Paulette Rowe in that interview with her started to talk about pie and uh, the model pie performance image and exposure and if you recall at the end of that episode I said that I'm going to get a colleague and friend who I've known for a long time is a specialist in this field experience in this field has delivered sessions on pie to come and have and talk about and share her wisdom with us about how pie works what it is let's we I know we covered it in episode four but like a deeper dive into it so you can get some ideas about how you can implement pie in your own life and its relevancy so that's what who we've got today we've got lisa stewart who's just awesome so i'm going to tell you more about lisa stewart because <laughs> she is awesome. let me tell you about lisa and her background so you can see just how fabulous she is <laughs> lisa stewart is respected and valued for being a thought partner to business leaders and hr professionals clients retain her for coaching consulting leadership development women's career development diversity and inclusion culture change strategies and team working she's worked as faculty and consultant for two of the largest energy companies in the world she has designed her own programs called Maximizing Your Performance and Maximizing Your Career Development, which she's delivered to business groups and women's networks. She's experienced in a number of fields. I'm really happy to welcome Lisa <laughs> to this episode because one is because she's so fabulous, but she's going to share with us how we can start to understand more about Pi and how you can use Pi. Because I have had some feedback from a couple of people saying, oh, I've never heard of Pi, because lots of people haven't. Mm. Um, and so welcome, Lisa. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so happy to be here. This is a really fun topic for me. And I'm a jokey person, so forgive me. So I'm going to say pie is not just something that we eat and rub on our hips. Pie (laughs) pie is a real model. And I'm happy to talk about that today. So where would you like to begin? Shirley, my fabulous colleague and friend. So where, yeah, well, let's start. Do you want to say anything more about your experience of uh, your work and delivering pie? You know, is there anything you want to just kind of give us an opener about, you know, where you've done it and mm-hmm. the kind of groups that have worked on it? And Yeah, well, I think one thing for the audience to know, since they know that you're a Brit living in, um, living in the U.S., this is something that holds up around the world. Right. So across nationalities, anyone who's working in business or is a professional person um, can benefit uh, from thinking about this model because it's just so germane to how people work together, how they notice each other. Um, And one of the key things that Pi affects is your promotability if you're working in an organization, because when you think about it, you can't promote yourself. Right. I mean, you can. You can build your brand, right, in that sense of promotion, but you can't create your own promotion in an right. organization. It always takes other people, and a key part of Pi is really understanding how other people see you. Yes, and I want to say, I mean, even though some people think about this in the context of corporations and working in large organizations, it's also relevant if you're an entrepreneur, if you work for yourself, if That's you're right. working in um, smaller not-for-profit organizations, mm-hmm. check, you know, check, check. it really is applicable because I'm managing my performance, my image, and my exposure as an entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. as, as well as someone who's in an organization. Mm-hmm. Too. Me too. So we are going to, I'm hoping that everyone listened to the episode with Paulette she and was marvelous she marvelous was, she was paulette wherever you are thank you um and if you haven't and you're listening to this episode it's fine to continue to listen to this episode but you know i really recommend that you go back to listen to the episode with paulette there were so many gems in there as she talks about how she uses pie and we'll, we'll, we could be referring to her in this conversation mm-hmm. too so by the end you're going to want to listen to her anyway because we're going we're gonna, yeah. gonna to big paulette up so much that you're gonna, <laughs> that you're gonna be she, it's well deserved honestly well deserved okay so let's um when have you run pie sessions and where have you run pie sessions Lisa? uh both in the u.s in um actually you know i think we've kind of referred to it in the session that i did in nigeria too though it wasn't an explicit part of that program but uh both in the u.s and uh in the uk yeah because that's where i first came across it when when Mm -hmm. you were delivering some programs in the uk correct okay so what is pi yeah so it's a model The original source of the model was a man named Harvey Coleman, whose uh, research created the three-letter acronym PI. It stands for Performance, Image, and Exposure. Um, He did some great work. It's now in the public domain, so there are lots of consultants that use it. I think in your conversation with Paulette, uh, someone referred to Vanessa Weaver. She's a very well-respected African-American consultant. I know it's part of her practice, but... Um, it's 
it's a sturdy little model that has been around a long time with lots of applicability. The P stands for performance, the I stands for image, and the E stands for exposure. And I, I just want to say, I know uh, one of the questions that you may be thinking and your audience may be thinking is, well, so if people learn about this, what do they find out? Like, is there anything surprising about it? It seems pretty logical performance image exposure. The key takeaway, I think, that is a big aha for people is that performance, we think of performance as if I keep my head down and do a good job, I'm going to get noticed and I'm going to get promoted. Right. And, uh, you know, this is what our parents have taught us to do and taught us well. So not to disparage that at all. But if you think of P, I and E performance and exposure as part of a pie, no pun intended, 10 percent is P, 10 percent of how people are evaluating you and how you create your trajectory for yourself in your career, no matter what it is. 10% 10% is performance, 30% is image, and 60% is exposure. That's crazy. Cray, 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 cray. yeah. It's and that's totally one crazy. Of the, it's one of the biggest ahas. People are going, you have got to be kidding me. Nope. And as I said, this model's been around a long time. It's in the public domain. So people have done a lot of research on it, lots of, you know, studying professionals and their careers. folks, sorry, read it and weep. 10% is performance. (laughs) I, image is 30%, E is exposure. And this, you know, these aren't hard and fast numbers, but just let that sink in for a second. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you you can't perform, right? You know, it, oh, no, that's, it that's table stakes. That's right, what we said, right. table stakes. Without, you're not going anywhere unless you're doing the performance, unless you're producing the results, exactly. unless you're getting the outcome. Sure. But your ability to succeed, your ability to pro- be promoted, your ability to push forward is image and exposure is the the primary. Yeah. And where people put less energy is that <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> That is, I think, the. I know you were going to ask me, you know, what are the big ahas out of the hundreds of people I've talked to about this? That's pretty much it, is they're staggered by those percentages. But, you know, when you think about it, people are constantly looking at you and evaluating you. They may be doing it silently. You know, they may wait to a couple of times during the year to give you direct feedback. So you'll notice, uh, Shirley, as we talk today, too, One of the biggest themes I want to put in this conversation is the power of feedback. You got to always be asking people for feedback uh, because image image is key. And image is about how how do people see you? And image is about what do people say about you when you're not in the room? Yes. That's the way to think about it. What do they say about you when you're not in the room? Yes. Mm -hmm. And being able to find that out. I was just having a conversation with, I was coaching a coach previously just mm-hmm. a bit just an hour ago and um one of the things we was talking about she was saying well how do you get your work and it's like well it's pro- predominantly word of mouth you know the work right. that i that i get many professionals and especially entrepreneurs yeah. right so and it was really you know i come across people who say someone's given me your name because they said 
you should speak to Shirley about that. You know, right. she, she can help you on that. Now, someone's talking about me. I'd rather them be saying that <laughs> then. Right. Then you don't want to work with Shirley, right? So I'm always listening for what, what are the signs about what are the things that people say about me and my work and what, right. what I'm doing and where, how am I picking that up? And I'm always right. asking my, my clients for some feedback about how is this going for you? How's it working for you? Because if it's not working for them, they, if they're not speaking to me about it, so we can, they'll be speaking to someone else about it. Exactly. So yeah, right. always wanting to be on top of that mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, but as a, an inside of organization. So I'm excited for that is mm-hmm. shocking numbers. So the key takeaway from just the introduction to this topic is to know that this is a handy model for people to think about, you know, write it down. Will, I think you're intending Shirley yet yeah, to send out a PDF, have one available after yes. our conversation. That's right. So yeah, it just, you know, keep it someplace where you're going to look at it, put it on your phone or whatever. And just keep in mind, about 10% of your effectiveness with other people is performance. 30% is your image, and about 60% of your overall effectiveness is around exposure. Who are you? You know, who are you exposed to? Who can influence? Who you? Who can you influence? Who is supportive of you? And those are the key. Those are the key pieces. Great. Okay, so let's start digging into now that mm-hmm. if you haven't fallen off your chair and you're picking yourself up, right? <laughs> statistic um let's start digging into what the model is yeah should we start going into that and then what do you think and then yeah yeah that's fine yeah so start with p we always say p performance is table stakes if you're not performing whether if you're in a an organization if you're not performing in your role you ain't going to be there for long so that's just that's just germane to everything that happens. You got to, you got to deliver for people. So performance is, it's almost like it's the easiest part in in a way, because you need to be clear on what's my role. What am I expected to deliver? And am I delivering that? And uh, another thing that I think should be a theme in our discussion today is making sure that you are checking in with your boss, if you have a boss, or if you're an entrepreneur, checking in with your clients to know that you're meeting their expectations. And I think one of the things that people who are early in their careers would benefit from understanding even earlier is that if you have a boss that is not very outgoing and isn't seeking you out periodically to give you some informal feedback on how you're doing, that becomes your job to make sure that that's happening. You always want to know, you know, just at, at the very beginning, at, at the least, your boss. Are you delivering what she or he is expecting you to do? And sometimes, you know, it may be uncomfortable, but sometimes you have to initiate those conversations. And I'd say more, more frequently than people think. Yeah. Right. Well, how, how frequent, you know, someone will say, well, how often should I be having that conversation with my boss? I would say if you are in an organization and you're waiting for a mid-year and annual review, that is way too long. <laughs> you know, try to get on his or her calendar. I'd say once every once every couple of weeks, right? And it doesn't; these don't have to be long meetings. This can right. be a ten-minute check-in, 
And that benefits that person as well as you. One of the things that Paulette said, Paulette Rowe, in uh, the fabulous conversation that you guys had with each other, is she made it a point to know her boss's administrative assistants and to be able to just get a few minutes Mm -hmm. on his or her calendar. Because the point is, you want to let that person know what you've done for them lately. Right. And uh, she said it very plainly. He or she should know what you're working on. And that should not have to be something that they find out after a couple of months. You know, make sure that you do some periodic check-ins that can be very quick. But it also sort of um, creates some glue in the relationship, too, when Mm -hmm. you're checking in with each other relatively frequently. Yeah. Great. The other thing that I remember her saying about that was also is sometimes you're do you're working hard on something and your boss has a, doesn't actually know that you're the one who produced that result unless you That's tell right. them and right. someone else could be taking credit for right. that result and it was really you and some there are, I know there'll be some people listening go yeah I've had that experience you know I'm so, sure Mm-hmm. And, and and that your part of that sits with you if you weren't the person promoting and telling your boss this is what I'm working on this is the results I produce this is the you know this is how it is That's and right. you don't have to do every single thing that you've done but you right. do need to be right. feeding back um, yeah and one thing I would say about performance too that Paulette illustrated just by your um, allowing her to talk about how her career has progressed to such a such an extraordinary level um she has shown people that she could take on successively bigger challenges and when you start doing that that really amps up how people see you in terms of performance and i mean you can't always control that right Right. if you're in an organization other people help you get those next roles but what was clear was that she did some volunteering for the stuff that other people didn't want to do. And that positions her to be seen as a person who's willing to take on challenges. And then, you know, she just got more. And, you know, for your audience who's listening that happens to be in a corporation, what happens is that's how you get to be seen as high potential. And that's a whole other conversation, Shirley, that I think we can have at another time. Mm. Um, about how people get seen and positioned as high potential. There's a lot of people who are sitting, listening to this, who are in big companies, they don't realize that they're, they are or aren't part of the talent pool. Is people don't know when they're considered talent. Sometimes they don't even know right. that they're, they're in the discussions that they're not in, but their boss and their boss's boss yes. is in their performance is getting talked about. And I think about how those discussions went when Pauline, when Paulette was being evaluated, because she's so clearly a person who has high learning agility. And that's how people see you and slot whether or not you can take on the next challenge. Right. And the people, people who are high there and also high on the performance, those are the people like Paulette that get eventually put into bigger and bigger and harder roles. And I mean, look at her now, but probably early in her career, she didn't even know she was on the talent plan, but she's a savvy, savvy woman. And the way she was managing her boss, I'm sure it wasn't long before, you know, she realized and they realized she was really going places and they start 
putting her in those huge challenging roles that helped her, you know, take on massive challenges where she's, you know, now running a whole business unit. And that's a whole other conversation, Shirley, that I think we can have at another time Mm. about how people get seen and positioned as high potential. And it's about being able to take on, take on challenges. And if you're an entrepreneur, think about how you really start to build your reputation, your reputation with potential clients by taking on hard jobs, by solving things for people, by delivering something, you know, maybe in a shorter time frame or maybe delivering against some expectations that were, you know, pretty tough. You know, when you deliver those things, that really, really helps position you for better, better work, more work and more success. Yes. Great. So that's performance. Yeah, so that's just 10%. The other thing to say, though, is that these percentages can vary a little bit by your level in the organization. When you're just starting off or when you're, you know, you're new in a business, let's say you're an entrepreneur and you've just launched, it's going to be a lot about your performance. Mm -hmm. That is table stakes. But the more you are established, whether it's an individual entrepreneur or in an organization, image starts to become even more important. So what the research says is that at least 30% of your effectiveness and how others see you as being effective is around your image. So one of the things that you can do to think about your image, it's back to feedback again. Ask somebody that you trust, right? How do people, how do other people see me? I'll tell you an example that happened to me personally that I think, um, would illustrate. So I had a new manager. I think he had only been in his role maybe a couple of months, but it was time for me to have a mid-year review of my performance. And I'm thinking, how is this guy really going to evaluate me accurately? Because he's new. You know, we haven't we haven't actually worked together. He was, you know, aware of some of the projects that I was working on, but we had never worked together. So when it came time for the day of the review, I just asked him because I was sitting with that question and I said, you know, how are you? I don't, I don't really follow how you're going to evaluate me because we, we've barely talked. And he said, um, well, you know, it's okay because he says, I've asked everyone else about you. So what he was saying was wow. anybody else that I had interacted with, who I had interacted with on my projects, he had already gathered feedback uh, about me from those folks. So I still, Shirley, when I remember that example, I still get goosebumps on my arm because that was the example that really laid, uh, made it hit home for me that people are always watching you. They're always forming their assessments and their opinions. Yeah. So that's my image example. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Sometimes image is really just literally in how you are coming across to people, right, in your delivery. But you and Paulette told some funny stories on the phone last week, too, because, hey, you know, ladies and and gentlemen, a big part of image literally with you're working with people is how you look. Right. What's your brand? How are you dressing? How are you carrying yourself? Um, you guys know, or you know that I've recently moved to California and it's a totally different culture in terms of informality. So if I showed up in my two piece suit that I would wear on wall street, 
people would look at me like I'm insane. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned to really tone it down out here. Oh my God. Yeah. Such a difference, but it's all about being, being relative and coming correct. Right. right? It's right. It's how, how should I be seen in this particular environment? And you, you know that very well, because I know you coach around that. Yeah. Well, one of the things, what your the key things there is understanding the context. Right. Where you like California versus New York. Right. The difference yeah. there, understanding the people and, and starting to tune in to the individual and the culture of the space yeah. that you're you're moving into and how they might be receiving some of the communication. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, you know, you know, even even when you understand the context between California and say New York as a place to dress, then there's a different level of, you know, is what kind of organization is it? Correct. Um, I have, right. I'm always paying attention to that, particularly in the beginning when I'm meeting new clients. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, now, I love my clothes, love fashion. <laughs> I'm all, all, all about that and style. And some people aren't, you know, so that it becomes a challenge when, when they're not even like interested. It's like, I'm not even yeah. interested in this. Why do I have to bother? And it's, and it's uh, a handy, yeah. but, you, but it's, in terms of your outcome and where you want to get to. So that's I, right. So then if that's my outcome and I want to get that piece of work, but it's a common question that I, that I work with my clients on is how do you want to show up? Mm-hmm. How do you want right. to show up? And I've got an example where uh, I was brought into work with a particular woman leader and by her line manager, it was her line manager who gave her some feedback about how she was showing up quote quote as a leader in the organization and that that we there was some work to do in that in Mm -hmm. that space right and and the work we got what we got to work on was her creating for herself how do I want to show up as a leader how do I define myself as a leader what do I want people to say about me as a leader and um at the end of the six months of working together uh, I one of the things that I do is I go back to the you know I do a kind of a, a sweep of going to key people who my client works with to get their feedback on what they're seeing is different what's showing up differently for them what impact sure. is this person ha- happening and as I spoke to the leader one of the things that struck me uh, is that he said that he's certainly seen a transformation in her but he was saying he's watching her express herself in the way that she dresses and that she's starting to use it as a tool. In a positive way? In a positive way that gives her confidence and then that she's blossoming. Great. So she's starting to recognize and and be choiceful that she's showing up more as a leader. And one of the ways that she's showing up more as a leader is what she's choosing to put on. And he had noticed that as well Mm. as, when she's at meetings that she's speaking up more, she's mm-hmm. being more thoughtful about how she's communicating. Because she's got more confidence. Yeah? Because she's got more yeah, confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's sort of a virtuous exactly. circle. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm one, I wanted to I want to share that example because it's a proactive use of image and really matching you, you want to match who do you want to be mm-hmm. in the organization and how do you want to show up in the organization. And so it's it's a key thing and I, and I know that we talk about it and I know it's always it's a trigger area for people and it has been in way when I work with people 
And at the same time, it's so it's so important. Right. Because I think uh, sometimes, particularly women will sit with the question, well, what do you want me to change myself? And it feels inauthentic to them. And they start getting a little squirrely about doing that and they resist. But I like the word that you were using, Shirley, because what you said was choiceful. She was making a choice about how she showed up. So if she felt in any way inauthentic, then that wasn't a good choice for her. But what I heard you say was she was like inspired by this new way that she was dressing and it was fueling her confidence. And that was a positive choice that she made. Yes. Yeah. And in, in fact, you know, one of the things she actually didn't even go shopping for new clothes. Mm. What we discovered in the work was there were things in her wardrobe she didn't feel confident in wearing. So she there never you go. wore it. Right. So right. it's not that she didn't have those quote unquote mm-hmm. power suits for once at one of a better word or the clothes that, that look, make her show up in the way that, seen in the organization in the way that she wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. She didn't feel like she had the confidence to wear it and come to work Mm -hmm. and own it and and live Mm -hmm. in it and occupy it. Yeah, and I mean, in the workplace, you know, a couple issues frequently come up. Um, How much do you show? In other words, if you're, sorry ladies, but if you're showing boob, what impression do you want to make? It's, you know, it's okay if it's like a bit conservative and, you know, you just happen to, you got a great pair and, you know, you, you wear that well. It's all right. But just know that sometimes it's distracting and that people are not, you may not be uh, getting hurt <laughs> and getting noticed for the right things, right? right? Take away from your message. If it's a little bit too revealing or too short, you don't want to go in there looking like you've been in the club last night, right? Not if you want to be taken seriously. But on the other hand, hey, you know, if you're working in a manufacturing environment, you're in a plant, you're doing your job in a managerial capacity or whatever in a different type of manufacturing environment, for example, it's very appropriate for you to be casual, for you to have on some jeans and shirt. Right, exactly. It's it just you know. Bottom line, what's the context? Right. How are people going to see you in the context that you're in? And I think it's always a good, a good rule of thumb to be a tiny bit more conservative than you need to be at the beginning, and you know let let people hear your message rather than focus on that outfit that you have on. Right. Right. You know, I know, I know there are going to be people who are going to be like, oh, why should I change? You know, why should I adapt? You know, just because. What outcome do you want? Yeah, and it's always, I'm just conscious of that's the way organizational cultures work. And that's, and you know, whether you're an entrepreneur working in, working with organizations or with people or whether you're working inside of them, you know, this is the game that is being played. You know, and so are you playing by the rules of the game? in there I think I gave that example as like are you playing rugby whilst everyone else is playing football mm-hmm. thinking you're playing the same game by different mm-hmm. rules you know mm-hmm. or are you understanding what's the culture and what's going on so here's a, a relevant example I just want to mention this quickly because my heart goes out to him I think a conversation on image today cannot be complete unless we have a gander have a look at Tiger Woods mm-hmm. and what's happened recently. Now, here's a great example, folks, so you can put the whole model together, the P, the I, and the E. 
Tiger started off as such our, he's our superhero of golf, right? A black man who has achieved the highest levels in professional golf, you know, formerly number one player in the world. We have all watched his decline. You know, the exposure that he has had has been so negative on such key occasions that the combination of his performance slipping right? Because of injury, his back injuries, the pain that he's been dealing with, falling so far in the rankings in professional golf. The image that he's now um, unfortunately created for himself as a person who has a lot of problems, you know, the ugly divorce, the infidelity and things like that have not helped him at all in the type of exposure that he's now getting. And, you know, you think about the impact, it's it's loss of millions and millions of dollars of endorsements. So, you know, some people have stood by him steadfastly and I am certainly not a tiger hater, uh, love him, but it's a, it's a cautionary tale, man, of how people evaluate you and how particularly when you're in the public eye, your stuff is way out there. And today with social media, you really have to manage what people are seeing and hearing about you, right? That That's a whole other topic, yeah, that we could have a call right. about. Right. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Right. So, right. And, yeah, that's, a, that's a, such a relevant example for us to think about how this model applies. Let's all give a shout-out and hope he's able to uh, heal and go on. And let's see if he can turn it around because it mm-hmm. is always possible to turn it yeah. around. Send him some love. Send him some love. Send him some love, people. Some love. Yeah. So then we're on to, uh, not to uh, belabor the point on Tiger, but it really does lead us right into the third E, so exposure. And I think what's often staggering for people, Shirley, is exposure is like 60% of the model. 60% of how your effectiveness is gauged is going to come from who knows you, who you know, and who knows you, who you know, and, and who knows you. And you know, sometimes when people are relatively early in their career, they they wonder, and particularly folks who are in our millennial age group, and you know, you guys are so important in our in our workforce demographics for those who are young in their careers. They say, you know, I want to get some exposure to that senior man. I want to be exposed to the president of my business, or you know, the person who's mm-hmm. way at the top of my my line of business. And people think that that's not always possible because they're too far down in the organization. But the thing is, you can think of exposure as being like Broadway or community theater, right? You might not get to Broadway type of exposure right away, but you might get some little opportunities that are the size of community theater. Right. You might just volunteer for a project that happens to be something that someone higher in the organization is, is passionate about, you know, volunteer for that. Right. That'll, that'll give you some exposure to that person. Um, you may run into people informally. One of the things that you can do to help your exposure is to always have your elevator pitch ready. And if you haven't done an elevator pitch, it's a great exercise that you can do. And I know Shirley's nodding her head like, yeah, we've mm-hmm. seen this times and people you coach if you only have a couple of minutes to explain yourself, what you're passionate about, what you, where you add value, practice that 
couple, just couple of minutes of being able to say that convincingly, really stand in your shoes and say who you are and be, be able to do that, be able to do that under any kind of circumstance. That really helps you because sometimes you're going to run across people that you don't even know that they can help you. But if you strike up a conversation and you've got a, you know, a little mini good message about yourself in your hip pocket, you never know where those things are going to lead. Exactly. You never know. That is so, so true. I think one of the things that that also helps is those events that we go to. Mm-hmm. If you are wanting to get ahead, you've got to go to those events. You know what I'm talking about? Those kind of opportunities oh where there's lots yeah. of people within if it's business or apparently social events, volunteering events. I mean, it could be anywhere. Um, they, the inevitable question will be asked. So what do you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Right. What exactly. do you say? What do you yeah. say about yourself? And how do you, and it's a way of like starting a conversation. Are you enthused in the way that you speak about yourself and what you do? Yeah. You know, that's a lot of the work that we, that I, you know, work with people on as well in terms of their impact. And when they're speaking about themselves, if they don't sound enthusiastic, then they're not, someone else isn't going to be enthusiastic about that's them, right. you know, and then what do they say about that person as mm-hmm. they walk away or as they, mm-hmm. you know, go back and, and, uh, and talk about you. So what are they that's saying right. about you after having that contact with you? Right. And yeah. so, Paulette brought uh, Paulette Rowe brought this up brilliantly too, and she speaks to something that I think so many women in particular might be uncomfortable with: is do I really need to go to that cocktail party? Do I really need to stop by after work and go to somebody's baby shower that I don't particularly like, or go have drinks with someone? And I I heard this expression when I was running the first women's career development program in Nigeria. And my Nigerian friends are brilliant at coming up with just a laser focused little phrase that you say, oh man, that is so true. One woman, uh, she was talking about how with, uh, you know, her home duties, her job, managing her kids, you know, managing the kids school and so many things she had to do. She was just running on about how she didn't have time to do any networking. She didn't have time to do anything that was not outside of her, you know, her stated work hours or whatever. And one of the other women in the group just looked at her and said, you know what? Networking is not out of your way. It's on your way. And I thought, oh man, that was just brilliant. Like, yeah, drop the mic. She's, She's right. It's on your way. If you want to get to someplace else, you don't have to hang out in a bar. (laughs) You don't have to spend gobs and gobs of time doing that. But if you know there's a function and there are going to be people there who you probably should meet, just have a little plan to go and spend a few minutes. Think about Paulette described this very accurately when she has to attend things that she may not have a lot of time for. She thinks about who's going to be there that I want to meet. And I know that you've heard this story from other people that you coach. Who's going to be there? Let me just make it a point to say I'm going to touch base with her, him, him, and then I'm out. You know, I, I, I just it doesn't have to be a long thing. But, you know, it particularly if you're an introvert, you do have to step out of your comfort zone. Trust me, I know as a huge introvert, you got to be a little bit methodical about 
saying, you know what, I got to do this. So here's how I'll approach it in a way that I'm comfortable with it. Exactly. You know, and some women say, oh, it feels so slimy. You know, it feels like I'm using people. No, I mean, one of the things you can do is think about what you have to offer. Great. You know, maybe someone wants to meet you because you have information or you know someone that they'd like to get to know. It's often the reciprocal things. You may not think that you can reciprocate, but often you can, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, I this is a skill that you develop. Mm. This isn't, I think some people think about it as like oh I'm not good at that I'm, I'm not a natural at that I don't really like being rude yeah. is you ha- this is a skill you develop and every time you go you can get a little bit better a little bit more yes. comfortable a little yes. more practice that right but I you know I have to there are days when I have to like really just like st- I'm standing outside that building I've got to the venue and I'm like okay what are you yeah. gonna do what are you gonna call yeah are you gonna be yeah get yourself in there, you know, like yeah. really have to like G myself yeah. up to go. Cause sometimes right. I don't feel like it. Of course I nah. don't feel like it, nah. but it's like, well, what do I, what, why am, why am I here? Why is it important? Um, exactly. Oh, actually I've got a recent example when, um, and this is a kind of a manager of, ex, of, a, of image as well as, but it was a, it was a gala mm. dinner. So it was a gala dinner and I turn What is up. that like a black tie thing? Like yeah, a benefit? Well, it was something? a benefit. Yeah, it was yeah, a benefit yeah, yeah. for gotcha. a school. And I turn up and I get into the building and I start to see what people are wearing. I think I'm overdressed. There's a theme here, people being overdressed mm-hmm. at events. Um, I haven't gauged it right. I thought, oh, mm. no. What am I going to do? You know, so I'm standing at the top of the stairs watching it all happen. And of course, this is a good opportunity to meet new people, to network, as well as to do good and be, you know, a contribution to this fundraising event. And um, so I phone, I phone a sister friend and I say, I'm totally overdressed. What should I do? She said, you're going to hold your head up high. You're going to be fabulous and stand next to someone who's short. So I, <laughs> that was her top tip. So I thought she goes, "You're great." She goes, "It's so what if someone if you're dressed like that, you, you look fabulous." And I said, "Yeah, I do look fabulous actually." So she goes, "Okay, well go in, go in and be fabulous rather than don't get concerned yeah. about right. whether you're you know what you're wearing versus yeah. what someone else is wearing." So it's not that I don't have doubts. Yeah, you know, but there are my action was phone a friend and phone a friend. Yeah, yeah. I was choiceful about who the friend I phoned. I wasn't gonna, I yeah. wasn't going to phone the friend who was going, oh, yeah, turn around, get in your car, go home. I didn't choose no. that friend. I phoned someone who I knew who could support me and encourage me to just get out there and keep moving. Right. And um, and yeah, so I get in there and I literally I kid, you know, I was in there for like five minutes and then complete stranger walks up to me and she goes oh my god I think you look fabulous and I thought oh, oh. oh. <laughs> that's great you know yeah, it was so great cool. for me it was great for me it's like yeah let's go let's keep talking let's keep rolling mm-hmm. and then get committed so yeah mm-hmm. networking is a big and it's ongoing and you learn you learn something new every time in terms mm-hmm. of getting more comfortable and getting more with it Yeah. And think about it. Think about the networking as, again, the last thing I'll say about that. What what do you have to give to? It's not about, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to get something from this contact. Sometimes you have a lot to give that you wouldn't even thinking about. 
right? So yeah, approach it that way. What can I give? How, yeah. Who can I meet? Who can I help? Right. This is something I've had to flex my muscle into being um, new to a brand new city and just ne- needing to make contacts. So mm. uh, a challenge that I have had to step into as an introvert. But uh, yeah, like you said, once you, you keep doing it and it gets a little bit easier uh, each time. So I've been working with this client. I've been working with her for a couple of years. And, and it really started off with like, she wanted more impact. She wanted more, she wanted to be more presence in the organization. She's been working mm-hmm. really hard, but she started to see that she's not really seen. And then through the work together, she started to kind of get into spaces and places where she can be seen. She took on like within six months, within the first cycle of coaching, she had one promotion. So she moved in something that was a little bit more visible. She started to mm-hmm. create things with her team, that yeah. events and so on. So she'd mm-hmm. be speaking and she got so some she, momentum. She got some mm-hmm. momentum. So then she got seen in terms of that. She started to be invited to kind of global leadership programs that were happening with only you know select kind of leaders so she's in that pool when you're in that then you're having a conversation about what is she saying who she's saying it to right you know like who does she need to meet when she's at that meeting do not go to that meeting and just sit at the back you gotta come back with something so then Mm. she you know she shows up there then she gets another promotion and then she gets gets another promotion she gets closer and closer and closer to the c-suite and that's within a couple of years mm-hmm. of really being intentional. But, right. be, but the key thing is being seen. And also the, the other thing is about her being able to make requests and put herself forward and hearing about opportunities and then saying, oh, actually, I'm interested in that. Yes. Right. right. Raise, is, raise your hand. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is going right. beyond, it might be going beyond the, the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, oh, can I really go and have mm-hmm. that conversation with that person that I'd like to do that? But mm-hmm. having that conversation and really the amount of times that that what someone has said is like, I didn't know if you'd be interested in that. I didn't think you'd be willing to move. I didn't yes. think you'd be willing to take that on. I thought that you were too busy. I uh, didn't think you mm-hmm. had the bandwidth. All these decisions that are made on the person's behalf Yes. Out the conversation, <laughs> unless you're going to have the conversation. Those right. things are happening. Right. They're happening. And you, your ability to understand and read what's happening in the organization because it's happening around you. And that's why we said when people are focusing on P, I've got my head <laughs> down, I'm doing my work, and hopefully someone will see me. It's just like, even if they see you doing your work, it's not, it really isn't enough. enough. There was so much that so our work has really been on because she was a hype, she was delivering you know there's yeah. no question about her performance yeah the p um, was there obviously the p was yeah. there her work was and people acknowledged the p was there yeah so so those are the the three pieces of the model right performance right. image exposure you know i guess the rule of thumb 10 percent uh performance 30 percent image and the rest exposure when you're young in your career yeah, you, you have to deliver, you have to perform, but just know that as you get more and more experience, more and more senior, your image and your exposure become really huge in how successful people see you as being and where you're able to take yourself in your career. Right. Where should someone, you know, who's listening to this start to take an action? 
you know, I'm hoping that in the as we've been breaking it down, that there's been mm-hmm. some people, there's been some ahas for people, and they are there's some apparent actions. But I'm wondering yeah. if we can give any more guidance on any well, kind of exercises or anything they can do. Yeah, I I think that people often have an opportunity after they've been exposed to a new topic or after they've maybe like, you know, been on a training or something or listened to a podcast like this, you have the opportunity to just go to somebody that you trust and say, hey, you know, I just heard this thing and I'd like to try it on and I want to ask you for some feedback. I I think the easiest thing to do, well, let's let me erase that and say it's not easy, but the most useful thing that people can do right. is to figure out who can you talk to that would give you some honest feedback right. and think about what you might ask them. Um, one of the things that is frequently used is a little bit of stop, start, and continue. Mm-hmm. Like, you yes. know what? What, what, what? First of all, what do you see me being good at? And I think for women, sometimes we don't have the confidence to really ask people that, hey, what do you think I'm good at? Right. But that's, you need to hear that, right? <laughs> you can really um, have some significant discoveries when you ask people that, what am I good at? Uh, what maybe could I start doing, do you think, that would make me even more effective you never know what you can find out from that. But I got to tell you, people usually have ideas. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, what might I, maybe I should stop doing because there's something that's maybe getting in the way of me being the best version of me. What would that be? So you could ask someone you trust for some stop, start, and to continue feedback. Hey, how do you see me? What am I good at? What do you want to see more of from me? Yeah, you never know what you'll find out from those conversations, but they can give you some real little gems. That would be one thing right off the bat. Great. I, yeah, that's one of the uh, common tools that I use with my with clients and over the years. And it has, and I've done that, you know, stop, yeah. start and continue. Um, and interviewing, sometimes I interview three, three or four people. At a period of time, mm, exactly. You know, the, so you can get, oh, yeah. like, get so what are the common things yeah. that are coming coming up? Another um, thing that I've done is, what three words would you use to describe me if yes, you had to choose exactly. three? And I've asked five people, give me three words that you would use to yes. describe me, and and then three areas of development for me, or something right. like that. So as we keep it, we keep the questions simple. Yes. So that helps people to be helpful so they don't feel like they're going to have yeah. to write an essay for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for saying it that way because don't just get one data point, particularly from someone who you kind of know what they're going to say. No, don't do that. Get multiple points of view on you. And in particular, people that aren't so, so close to you. Yes. Yeah, people get, get people who are a little bit further away and hey, you know, it's a great opportunity to have a conversation with someone that maybe you don't reach out to frequently. But the people who aren't invested in us in our tightest inner circle, uh, those people who are slightly out of that really, really interior group that we often rely on, they probably give you the most honest information. Right. Really. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, for coming back to the performance and we were talking about having conversations with your boss. That would be an easy yes. structure to have that conversation with your oh, boss. 
tomorrow you know, yeah, yeah i just want to have a quick conversation can we have 20 minutes i'm really interested in saying if we did like yeah. what do you want me to stop doing what do you want me to start doing what do you want me to continue yeah. doing and that's yeah. a simple structure to have the conversation with your boss too yeah and yeah. in that in preparing for that conversation good to know what do you think your boss's goals are hmm. yes. what do you think your boss's goals are and then hey people always like to talk about themselves ask him or her in that conversation hey what are some important goals to you right now i mean i think i know but i'd love to hear from you so that i can be more helpful so that we're really really clear that's a powerful conversation to have because you will also find out where you're not aligned and that's something that you can work on too like oh <laughs> you meaning that's important to you okay then i know what i need to adjust yes yeah. that's great that's so critical because oftentimes as we enter into meetings, we enter into it thinking about what am I, what do I need to walk away with mm. for myself Mm-mm. versus what does the other person need? That's right. And, start in, in, it's, and to start to influence and start to have, um, to, to increase the glue in the relationship is That's to right. get in the world of the other and say what's of interest to them what are they That's seeking? Right. What's important to them? And the more you understand what's important to your boss, mm-hmm. the 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 better it's going to be for you in the long mm-hmm. in the long mm-hmm. term. And we've proved, proven that over and over and over again. It's often a piece of work that we do it by when I'm coaching someone. Is do you know do you know what's important to your boss? To That's right. The world. What are they working on? What are they concerned? Right. Do you ever ask them? Do you care? You know? Yeah, no, I, and I love that funny phrase. Hey, what interests my boss fascinates me. It is right. Yeah, right? <laughs> it should do. If it doesn't, you know, that sounds, it's a funny extreme saying, but, you know, there's, tr- there's truth in that, right? right? There's right. truth. You should know. Another thing that you can do on the image front is think about, you've said this, but I just want to be even more specific for people who are, um, let's say you're working in an organization, think about the words that you want someone to use to describe you. Mm -hmm. So if it's a woman, that's a woman with drive. In my organization, what do I need to do in my behavior so that people see that from me? Is it volunteering? Is it maybe speeding up my workflow a little bit? Is it really taking my clients to the next level? Like, what do I actually need to do to be seen that way? And you can think of a couple of different words. I want to be seen as a person with drive. I want to be seen, let's say you're working in in the helping industry or in a not-for-profit. I want to be seen as compassionate. Well, how do you, what behavior do people need to see from you uh, in your day-to-day so that that's believable about you? Yes. How do you want to be seen? And then thinking about how do I have to act in order to step into that so that right. people see that in me. The, one of the questions that come that is coming up for me as we have this conversation, which comes up time and time again when I'm having the convers- these similar things with, with my coaching clients is, yeah, but it's not authentic. It's not really who I am. Am I trying to be someone else? Am I trying to... Sh- and. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that when, when, because I've got a response, but I'm just curious about what, what mm. would you say to that when someone goes, you know, you're asking me to act mm. a particular way that doesn't feel natural to me. 
No, yeah. So we're not asking you to change yourself. The question I always come back to is what outcome do you want? And given that outcome, how can you still be your authentic self and, and get closer to that? So how do you tend to answer it with your clients when that comes up? What are your thoughts, Shirley? Well, they're similar in terms of where always 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 start with where the outcome where you want to be and what you're seeking and the other is that we all like our development we're always on a development spectrum and so this is like another another level of development for you inside of this space of communication inside of this space of interpersonal skills inside of the space of emotional intelligence so mm-hmm. that's what we're working on, a fuller mm-hmm. expression of who you are. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm just kind of focusing in on, so let's come back to building that relationship with your boss. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to show up and be a leader in, in an organization, you're going to meet people from various walks of life. That's right. So if you want to be effective at leading multiple people, then one way is to train yourself. This is like a, this is training ground for you with your Mm -hmm. boss. So how do I become, get a a really effective relationship with my boss? How do I get concerned about what their concerns are? Because as Mm -hmm. I'm a leader accountable for more people, that's That's part of my skill set. How do I know about their concerns? How do I get into their world? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I just kind of have them start to see this is, this is just another development area for you. That's, that's right. going to affect you, but you're being you doing that thing. You're not exactly different. The reality is you're not the person that you were when you were 13. Yes. You've developed. Yes. You're not the person you were if you're hitting 30. You're not the person you were when you were 20. You have moved on, right. but you're still you. You're still your authentic self, but hopefully, you know, we're all a better version of ourselves as we, as we grow and our, and as we mature. So it's always about, being authentic, but also knowing that, hey, what's going to get me to the next level looks a little different than what I'm doing right now. Yes. So how yes. do I step up my game a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so yeah. much here. Oh, no, yeah. We could continue and maybe um, we do a special um, webcast or something about uh, pie and have having people delve into it a bit more. But I think that's a, you know, as a, as an introduction to the topic, it's an easy um, little three letter acronym to remember performance image exposure and know that people are always watching. People are always (laughs) watching you and uh, sort of making up the story. I love scandal. I love Kerry Washington and I love sometimes watching her take on new clients when they're in crises and something really horrible has happened to their personal lives. And she's always telling them, you know, you got to get ahead of the story. You know, you have to, you have to manage how people are seeing you and, you know, it might be wholly negative right now, but get ahead of it. What can you, yeah. And I think that that's something that's quite related to what we've talked about today. Right. If you're doing really well on your performance, Mm -hmm but your boss doesn't know that then there's there's getting communication with your boss like building that's a right. relationship with your boss but if you're really doing well on performance your boss is is cool with you 
but you can yes you're listening you're thinking mm, i don't know what people say about me then there's that whole mm. like doing the questions like speaking right. to people getting feedback that's and right. if you're like, well, actually, I feel like I've got that. I've got a sense of what people are saying out about me. That, but I have no exposure, like, uh-huh. 60%. So right. then it's like, how do I start yeah. to focus on getting myself into spaces, building relationships with key people in the organization, building relationships with people in networks? Like, how do I get myself yeah. out and, and, and expand my network? So yeah. There are some, there are some ta- a lot of things that people can do, but listen for where you believe the gap is and start mm-hmm. there and then mm-hmm. you can move on to other areas if people are thinking about what well, where do i begin we have to spend a, a a lot of times referencing if you're working inside of say corporate a corporate space or large organizations but this still applies whether you're an entrepreneur and right. who you're doing business with and thinking about who your clients are who are the people in who are your stakeholders it matters. Mm-hmm. I've been an entrepreneur for 19 years and I'm always thinking about these things, always thinking about these things. So it matters wherever you're working, wherever you are. Sure. I challenge applies. you to step into an Uber and not have the driver ask you for a review, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does it. Yes. Try getting out of your Uber without that person asking you for some stars. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. And You're so welcome. I really enjoyed it. I love your podcast. I want everyone to listen. There will be a PDF um, that you can download from my site. Um, yeah, so there'll be a link in the show notes that will take you to the page where you could download the PDF. Uh, yeah, so we'll make that available. This is fulfilled. Po- you know, my intention for this podcast is you know, there's women sharing their stories, you know, in the fields that they're working in, but there's also women like you and, you know, me sharing the, the, the tools that I, I use with my clients, the, the models that we, we work with commonly with, with the people that we work with. So we can do deeper dives and, and people can get access to more information about how could I be better in various spaces. So this is a little mini workshop on the podcast so thank you for being our first workshop episode thank you and if people want to get in touch with me my website is uh, lisastewartconsulting.com it's all one word and i'm a s-t-e-w stewart s-t-e-w-a-r-t i'm also on instagram as lisa ray stewart and that's lisa w r-a-y yeah just for you mate it's an english kind of uh, (laughs) last last name spelling lisa ray stewart but it's been delightful thank you for having me you're really welcome i hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life and that the prime model and my conversation with lisa today has helped you think about how you can move closer to that success that you're seeking i always love to hear from you and i'm really curious to find out what you thought about those statistics too that 10% is performance 30% is image and 60% is exposure are you now clear about what you ought to be working on the actions that you want to be taking do you know the answer to the question how do i want to show up 
And given this is the first time we've done the She's Got Drive in this way with a workshop on Pi, I'm interested to hear your feedback on what you got from this, from this session. So please go to She's Got Drive Facebook page, leave comments, questions, share your insights. I'm going to share the link to the PDF on Pi that you can download in the show notes and on the Facebook page. And also you'll have the information on how to connect with Lisa in the show notes. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome female band Blonde. And if you want to connect with me, you can do on Instagram at Shirley McAlpine Consulting. You can find me on Twitter at Shirley McAlpine. And of course, the She's Got Drive Facebook page. I'd love for you to rate and review the She's Got Drive podcast on iTunes to help it grow. And also subscribe so you can get it automatically on your device each week. You can sign up on my website on shirleymcalpine.com and get a download of my ebook, How to Be a Woman with Drive. Thank you again until next time. Go well and stay well.